Samuel 5, 17 through 19. But when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David. Now, they didn't seek him to come play checkers. They came to whip him. And when David heard of it, Listen to this. And when David heard the Philistines was coming after him, he went down to the hold. He went down to a strong place. He went down to a place of refuge. And the Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephim. We're going to talk about that. And David inquired of the Lord while he was in the hold. He inquired of the Lord saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into my hand? And this is what you always want to hear. And the Lord said unto David. He said, Go up. Go up. For I will doubtless deliver them, Philistines into your hand I believe we're going to have a go up moment this year I believe your go up and it may be go up again it may be try again but this year you're going to go forth out of this day with a word and when God gives you a word nothing can stand against you nothing I love it I'm just going to take a few minutes this morning and just talk about navigating transition navigating transitions you ready let's pray Lord thank you for what you're doing today thank you for the power that I feel here the anointing the direction God, there's such a challenge in the spirit right now, just going for it. God, in the name of Jesus, I trust you. I trust you to lead us and to guide us into this year, God. I know that you are a great God and you have everything in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Greet your neighbors, you're being seated. I would like to take a few minutes this morning to... Address transitions. Because most people do not love transition. Because we are, by nature, individuals of routine. And matter of fact, many of us, under the sound of my voice, you rely on things remaining at some degree a constant. And every new year presents itself with the opportunities For transition. 
Because a transition is simply the process or a period of changing from one state or condition to another. And each year, millions of individuals make plans to change or transform their lives for the better at the beginning of every year. And this morning, if you haven't made your resolutions, which I stopped doing years ago, I do have a couple of the most popular transitions for 2023, the the resolutions for 2023. And I will say this is some of the top ones, and they're quite impressive and noble. The top 2023 resolutions are this. Focus on passion and not the way you look. Be passionate even if you're ugly. If you're passionate, it'll change everything. Work out to feel good, not be thinner. (laughs) That's it. They're noble. Good going. Well, they've really come a long way in resolutions. Go a whole day without checking your email or social media. I said, that's, you can do it. The fourth thing on the list, travel or eat somewhere without posting it on social media. Call a friend instead of texting them. Pastor would love this one. Clear out more clutter. Clear out more clutter. How many of y'all need to declutter? And the last one is this, simply turn your phone off one night a week. Just turn it off. That would help your family out a lot, too, to be honest. And as incredible as these resolutions are, the truth of the matter is that we do not like change. We love the predictable. We love our routines, as stated earlier. We do what we like. We eat what we want. And our comfort zones and personal bubbles will always take priority if you allow your flesh to control you. But there are times when a transition is very imperative in your life. But even more so in the spiritual landscape of the kingdom of God. Because if you live long enough in the kingdom, you will need help navigating a transition. In our text tonight, or this morning rather, David has just been anointed king over the nation of Israel. And he was in the beginning stages of his transition of power. And in this type of season of transition, a new king would be very busy trying to grasp the gravity of his new position as well as trying to win the confidence of the people. But as well, he also tried, is trying to get a handle on the territory that was bestowed upon him. And the backstory to this scripture is that the Philistines, listen to this, had remained quiet neighbors during the long civil war between the house of Saul and the house of David. It's amazing how the enemy is quiet. When you're not a threat. But a jealous, but being jealous of the king now, who had just consolidated the split nations of Judah and Israel, they resolved to attack before his government could be fully established. Because the swifter the enemy can attack in this moment, the better the chances of overthrowing the new king before he can become too established or strengthened. And realizing that David was no longer their vassal to whom they could receive homage and allegiance, they took decisive military action against the new capital of Jerusalem. 
Hear me very closely this year. Anytime there's going to be a change in position to where you no longer allow the enemy or the world to begin to influence your life, the enemy will always try to come in and abort what God has ordained. And, whether, and when you begin to align yourself with the kingdom of God, I want you to already have it planted in your mind. The minute you start doing some alignment issues, the enemy is going to come in as a flood and try to abort what God has already anointed in your life. You are already ordained to win this year. You're already anointed to overcome every battle and situation that's going to come your way. But you cannot let the enemy come in. Because the one thing the Philistines did not want was for David to grow roots. Because roots always assure new growth. Roots keep you steady in the middle of the storm. Roots give you nourishment that you need to succeed. The one thing the enemy does not want you to do is to get established in your purpose in the kingdom. If you look very closely to Matthew 13, there is a story about the sower and the seed. Out of the four seeds that was spread upon the earth, three of them were either scorched by the sun devoured by birds or choked by thorns. Three quarters of the opportunity to grow was killed by the enemy. And too many times in our churches, too many times in ministries and in purpose, I believe the enemy tries to come in to pluck up, to burn up, to choke out what God is wanting to do in your life. But this year, we're going to take the seed of promise and everything God has had, and we're going to bury it in the kingdom of God. We're not going to let the enemy come in. We're going to do what God has asked us to do, and we will grow roots. We will grow. You will be powerful. You are anointed. Can you hear me? You are, are ordained. Yes, you can teach a class. Yes, you can teach a Bible study. Yes, you can be a witness. Yes, you can greet in the foyer. Yes, you can pick up the offering for crying out loud. Yes, you can pick up people on the golf cart. But you've got to let the enemy come in and steal What God has already ordained in your life. Transitions are very powerful moments in our lives. And we got to learn to recognize them and embrace it. All because our building program is nearly complete. A couple more things on the punch list and we'll be done. Does not mean we've arrived at the pinnacle of God's purpose for the River Church. We have not arrived. In fact, if I boldly say... A chapter has ended, and we're now turning the pages to greater promise, greater miracles, greater revival, greater deliverance, greater souls, greater works, whatever it is God wants to do. We're actually turning the page. And when you begin to turn the page, that's where we got to get into action. That's where we got to put our hands to the plow and begin saying, God, what is it you need me to do? Because it's in these moments like this, the enemy will always try to remove us from our God-given trajectory. I wish I had the time to tell you how many battles I had to fight to get to where I am today. I was not born to preach. Wasn't in my character, wasn't in my nature. 
Matter of fact, there is a lot of other things I would rather do in the kingdom than be up here. Can I say that? But sometimes when God has anointed you and ordained you, sometimes you got to be willing to navigate the transitions to get to where God wants you to be. Sometimes you got to say, you know what, it's uncomfortable. And I don't know what to do. And I don't know how to handle it. I don't know which way to go. But when that begins to happen, you got to realize, even though you don't know, does not mean that God does not know. And I will tell each and every one of you, before you woke up this morning in 2023, that there was already a God-ordained path for your life. Don't need to say that again. That when you woke up this morning, there was already a God-ordained path for you and your life in his kingdom. Can I tell you that your path has already been littered with purpose and passion and promises. And all God is waiting on you to do is to arrive and possess it. There's already lives that's going to be changed because of you. There's going to be souls won because of you. The kingdom is going to be better because of you. All you got to do is realize there's no weapon formed against you going to prosper. I'm going to do what God has asked me to do. I'm going to keep walking forward in my calling and my purpose in God. You are already anointed for your journey. You don't have to wait for an altar call to be anointed. You woke up anointed. You woke up powerful. You woke up ready to engage the enemy. He don't like you're here right now, but you know what? We're here. And we're going to do what God needs us to do. To not about what God is about to do. Look at your neighbor and say, it's already done. Everything you need is already done. Everything that you're going to supposed to do in the kingdom is already done. All you got to do is trust in him and walk in it. Walk in it. Stop doubting what God has put into your life. He didn't put that seed in your life just for you to sit around and say, I'm going to wait for another moment. I'm going to wait on another transition. No, it's the first day of the year. This is your moment of transition. Make up in your mind. I'm going to do it. Whatever you need, God. Make me uncomfortable. You are already empowered to win and succeed. Kingdom. You are already poised to overcome and overtake kingdom. You are already aligned to be restored and to rebuild kingdom. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 16, 9, that a man's heart deviseth his way. You may have something you want to do. This is where we get messed up. Because God's will doesn't match your will. But, the, but that verse continues and says, but the Lord directeth his steps. Do you know you got to fight harder to get out of the will of God than to be in it? Let that soak into the gray matter. That you wondering why you're struggling. Well, maybe you're fighting against the will of God. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you need to stop and say, okay, 
why is this so hard? Because if he has already directed your steps, then it should just be as easy as walking. I have found in my own life, when I'm struggling, listen, I know when I'm not doing right. I know when I get out of alignment, because life gets hard. But it only takes us a few moments to get back on track. You can go 100 miles in the wrong direction, but it takes one step to get back on the right path. We're talking about kingdom. We're talking about what God wants you to do in the kingdom today. Jeremiah 29 and 11, we love this scripture. For I know the thoughts I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil. What does that last part say? To give you an expected end. Watch this. Let me clarify. God already has an expectation for your life. There is already a path in 2023. And God is already at New Year's Eve of 2023 waiting on you to get there. All you have to do is let him direct your path. But you may say, Brother Michael, a year's a long time. It really is. But what if I fail? What if I fall? What if I mess up? What if I have a misstep? What if I do go the wrong direction? Can I tell you that it's already in the plan? Oh, you didn't want to hear that. You thought it was going to be all grim. God has already planned for a failure. Got scripture. Got scripture. You ain't heard this one. Psalms 33 and 11. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. And the thoughts of his heart is to all generations. God will not change his mind over his plan for your life. Your mistakes do not unravel God's plan. Your lack of faith in him, your valley did not abort the promises of God. I want to tell you, it don't matter how bad you got off track. I don't matter how many times you get off track. God's counsel will not fail in your life. If he has a plan for you, if he has an expectation for you, it will always remain. Got, one, got another one for you. Watch this. No, I'm telling you. How many of you have ever failed and just said that's it? You know what 2 Peter 3 and 9 says? The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some count slackness. Meaning God is not like us. Because we too easily give up on people. You give up on yourself and you didn't even give yourself a chance. But not God. You know what it says? He's long-suffering toward us. Meaning he is patient toward you. Not willing that any should perish but all should come to repentance. In the middle of your trial, in the middle of your failure, there is long-suffering and there is patience because God wants nothing more than for you to succeed. God wants nothing more than you, you to be successful in the kingdom of God. God wants nothing more out of your life for to you engage the kingdom of heaven. St. Corinthians 1 and 20 for the promises of God are in him. Are yea and amen. Psalms 119, 9-8. This is for all the quitters. We ain't quitting this year. I ain't going to let you. Oh, Lord, 
thy word is settled in heaven. As you sit there in that chair, there is so much promise. You are poised for revival. God is just waiting on you to say, okay, 2022 is gone. 2023 is here. What is it, God, that you need me to do? Did you ask him? I was hoping you would ask. I was hoping you would ask the Lord. <laughs> but in the middle of these types of transitions, 2 Corinthians 2 and 11 says, lest Satan should take advantage of us, that we're not ignorant of his devices. You cannot be ignorant to the fact that when God begins to move you from one location to the next, from one level of anointing to the next, that there's not going to be a battle. I've said all that for the past 23 minutes to let you know the devil's going to try to fight you. But your response now is going to determine your growth and success. How we respond when the enemy comes in like a flood is going to be the miracle of your success. The Bible tells us that 2 Samuel 5 and 17, all the Philistines came up to seek David, and David heard of it and went down to the hold. Let me tell you something about that hold business. The hold was a secret place where David and God would connect and commune. Do you get it? It was a safe place and a refuge David had become familiar with. Let's talk about this just a moment. Because David was accustomed to living a life on the run. Saul sought for his life daily to no end. In fact, the Bible tells us that Saul threw javelins at David. Don't throw no javelins. Saul sent armies out to try to destroy David. But David knew where to run when his life was in a transition. He understood to navigate the transition, you need to get where him, where God can commune together. It's not by might nor by power, it's by your spirit. By your spirit. You can't expect to navigate transition under your own power. You know what communion is? It's the sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. What we do at the river is more than about relationship with the king. But it's about an impartation of God's thoughts and plans for your life. You can focus on relationship and never get God to impart his thoughts and intents in your life. This is where we got to understand we have got to give him our fears and worries and doubts, and he gives us instruction, peace, and direction. There's got to be an exchange at some point. And as you begin to move forward in God's purpose, and you begin to move forward in God's kingdom, you've got to get to the place where you cast all your cares upon him, and he begins to instruct you on how to walk out of the hold. Now, this is a lot of self-responsibility. The pastor can't always preach you out of your business. There comes a time in your walk with God where you've got to take personal responsibility on your direction 
in your ministry and the purpose that God has given you. There's a point in your walk with God where pastor can't lead you, the worship team can't lead you, the ministry team can't lead you, Revive can't lead you, Brother Ralph can't lead you. you got to say, you know what, God, I've got to get to a place where you tell me where I need to go and what I need to do. It's called growing in the Lord. <laughs> Y'all responded better than I thought. But that's just where God is leading us. We can't always pull one another along in the journey. That's very tiring. God wants to call many of you out of the shadows of complacency because the anointing that he has placed in your life will become the lifeline to your neighborhood, your workplace, your school, and family. God's trying to pull somebody. You will cross paths with people in 2023 that will be in desperate need of a miracle, and God will need you to be the vessel he can use to perform it. As a church that's fallen after the kingdom, you got to be confident enough in yourself that when someone needs a miracle, you don't have to call a ministry team member. Are you spirit-filled? Then what hindereth thee? Why don't you pray the prayer of faith for a change? You'd be surprised what happens when you do. There are lost and broken people that you will encounter that God needs in the kingdom to assist his revival, and you're going to be the only connect point for them. Let's put that on your shoulder just for a moment. There are people that God needs in our community so that he could use them to do greater things, and you're the only one that they're going to cross paths with this year. And you don't think the enemy's going to try and fight you for that? You're wondering why the enemy's fighting you? When the enemy begins to fight you, you need to understand this. God is up to something. God is doing something. There's something coming. I don't know when and I don't know where. But when the enemy starts coming in and fighting against my home and my family and my body, I already know something's happening. Something's moving. Something's changing. God is up to something. Too many times when the enemy comes in, we quit. But you got to get down to the hold. You need to get down to that place of refuge where you're comfortable. Let's talk about this. Too many people, when transition comes, they run to where they are comfortable. And it's not always the prayer. Watch this. You ready? Do not speak this answer out loud. But when life gets tough, what is it that you do to block it out? Think about that a second. I would love to think that when the enemy comes in, you run to your prayer closet. But that's not always the case. Too many times we run to the wrong place. Trying to block out what God is wanting to do and the enemy's fighting in. You run to Netflix and Amazon video. Some of y'all go shopping. You broke. Because God's trying to call you to something, and you keep running in the wrong way. You can't, you're not going to find God's will at Dillard's. TJ Maxx, it ain't there. 
When the enemy comes, where do you run? Do you mindlessly go to social media for hours on end? Do you dive yourself deeper into work? Drugs, prescriptions, alcohol, what is it? Don't answer it. But what is it? Because everybody has an out that's not healthy for the kingdom purpose in your life. Are we going somewhere in 2023? I'm telling you. You got to be careful where you run. Because the pressure of transition reveals what you are depending on. Transitions, listen, watch, 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 watch. Transitions has a way of drawing you back to the past. To what God brought you out of. Transition drives people back to where they can control the narrative. So where do you run when the enemy comes? I'll ask you that question again. The disciples, the disciples, Jesus was dead, came out of the grave. Pentecost hadn't happened. They didn't know what to do. You know where they went? Fishing. We'll leave that alone. I ain't ain't talking against fishing. Please go fish. Please go fish. But don't do it when God's trying to call you to something better. <laughs> it is imperative that you, pl- that you have a place where you can connect with the king. Can I issue that challenge? you got to have a place that is, you're comfortable, where you become comfortable connecting with God. Every individual in this house must have a secret place or a place of refuge where you can get along with God. And get a word. Because when the facts begin to fight against you, your faith, you've got to have a place. And I think that's where I need to do better. That's where I need to do better. Because the enemy fights. He, don't, he doesn't like nothing that happened. He hates the river. Can I say that? He hates it. And he hates me. In fact, he hates you. How you like that? He don't even like you. Because you go here. And some of you, you've been coming to church here and you're wondering why you're fighting battles. I'm sorry. You're at a revival church. I'm sorry. We're going somewhere. We're anointed around here. We're ordained to follow God's purpose. I'm sorry you're struggling in your life. But you may be, this is the church that God's called you to. So stop struggling. And get to a place where God can use you. Because I know if God's using you, he's not going to let you fail or falter. He has never failed me in all my years of preaching. Now, I thought I've absolutely delivered in my life some disastrous words. But he never failed. I may have failed because I wasn't ready. Maybe I didn't pray enough. Maybe I didn't study enough. We're not going to talk about myself. <laughs> this was the hardest message, I'm going to tell you. It's hard preaching this message right now. Ooh, I wanted to throw a shoe at somebody today. I wanted to preach it down and throw a shoe. But I feel God has taken us to a place where it's going to take every one of us. 
It's going to take the entire deaf ministry team to get us there. It's going to take all of Revive to get us there. It's going to take all of our friends and our guests that are here. It's going to take every one of us, every new member, every minister, every elder, every young person. It's going to take every one of us to get where God needs us to go. Because we have not seen, I have not seen, nor ear heard, or entered our hearts what God has prepared for our community through this church. But you got to get to a place where you can receive a word from the Lord. Now that's a tall order. But I will tell you, God will speak. You get to a place where you got all your distractions gone. He will speak to you. And it won't scare you to death. You got to get to the place where he can talk to you. And David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go up? Like the Lord was just right there. Shall I go up? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said, go up. For I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. Listen. You got to get to a place where the king can speak into your life. Ecclesiastes 8 and 4, we've preached it. Where the word of a king is, there is power. When God speaks to you, there is power. A lot of times we end that scripture there. But it says, and who may say unto him, what doest thou? When you leave that hold with the word of God, no one will be able to question your motive. No one will be able to question what you're doing. Because I want to tell you something. When you get down to the hold and you get down to that, out of that secret place and you come out of that place with a word from the Lord, you're going to walk different. You're going to talk different. You're going to start responding different. Because when you've got a word from the king, there's no enemies going to be able to stop you. You're going to walk out and do what God has asked you to do. Get a word. For crying out loud, get a word. The kingdom of God needs you to get a word. It don't always happen during preaching. Get into a place to where you can say, God, I need you. I got to have communion with you. I got to have a transfer of thoughts and intentions in my life. Because I love the word. God speaks through the word through me all the time. But there are seasons in my life when I need him to speak directly to my life. And God does speak. Getting ready to conclude. I've had us here 37 minutes and I'm sorry. I want to end on this before we go into communion. Do you know that when the enemy comes into your life, he is going to come into the most fertile and productive areas of your life and fight you there? The Philistines came and spread themselves in the Valley of Rephium. That was called the Valley of Giants. That was the most fertile and productive strip of land in Israel. And the enemy came and set up camp where Israel was most fertile. You want to know what your calling and purpose is? 
where does the enemy fight you the most? He's going to fight you where you're the most productive. Brother Michael, I try to pray every day. But it seems like the enemy just comes in to distract me. Bingo. Brother Michael, I try to reach out and be a witness. But every time I try to witness, I get scared and I get fearful. I got so much to say, but I don't know how to say it. I feel like the enemy's coming in. Bingo. The enemy will fight you where he's scared of you. He fights me. He fights me tooth and nail that I won't get up here. But can I ask you something this year? Before you throw in the towel again, why don't you think, who's going to miss out on the kingdom if I throw in the towel? Because if you've got a word from the king, there's nothing that can stop you. It's all about you today. It's all about the kingdom. I want you to be prosperous. I want you to make lots of money. I want you to get new cars, new houses. But before all that, I want you to be powerful in the kingdom. I do. I do. Let's take a look at Simon Peter's life. Simon Peter we get ready to go into communion, knew who Jesus was. He knew it. He was one of the top three. He was in the inner circle. It was Jesus, Simon Peter, and two other disciples there. And in Matthew 16 and 15, Jesus said unto him, them, but whom do you say that I am? Watch this. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Simon Peter was a powerful man. Matter of fact, he was a natural born leader. He had already set himself in a place to be probably the, the top leader out of the twelve. And because of this moment and because of this revelation that he had, God sets his course in the kingdom. Watch this. This is so powerful. Please stick with me. And Jesus said, And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Jesus has told the man that you are going to be the one who I'm going to use to build your church. To build his church. And it says the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom. And whatsoever they shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Man, he gave Peter the works, man. I wasn't so lucky. But he gave Peter everything he needed. He had anointed Peter. He ordained him to be the one that's going to start the church in Acts chapter 2. Now you think that's going to go unchecked? 
You think Simon Peter was just going to walk up there in the book of Acts chapter 2 and just preach the very first sermon like, I'm the one. No. No. Jesus also told Simon Peter in Luke 22, 31 through 32, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Meaning that you, you're going to go through it. The devil hates you, Simon Peter. He's gonna, he wants to sift you. He wants to break you down to nothing. He wants to just bust you into particles. That's what he was saying. But Jesus said, I've prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. He's going to try to destroy you, Peter. But don't let your faith fail. Because there's others. <laughs> there's others that need you. And so, it makes sense that Jesus would tell Simon Peter also, man, Simon Peter just getting beat to death. Jesus tells him in Matthew 26, 34 again, Verily I say unto thee that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Wow, Simon Peter. You mean to tell me you're going to give me a calling and you're going to give me a purpose and then you're going to tell me the enemy wants to sift me. And then you tell me before the night is over, as we leave the upper room, I'm going to deny you three times? Listen. Simon Peter was like, no way. Matthew 26, 35, and Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Listen, we have good intentions. And likewise, also the disciples like, yeah, yeah, we, we, we'll never deny you, Jesus. We'll, we'll never leave you. I know you've called us and you've spent three and a half, three years with us. And, and you've imparted into us and you've given everything that we need. Matter of fact, there was one season he sent them out in pairs and they healed the sick. They opened the blind eyes. They cast out devils. They did all of that. And they said, we will never deny you. But in Matthew 26 and 56, as they went to the garden and the soldiers came to take possession of Jesus, the Bible says the disciples scattered. They left him. Jesus standing there in shackles, all the disciples left him, called and anointed. Then, to make matters worse, as the night grew on, there was a moment when Jesus was in the, the hall and they were smiting Jesus, and spitting on his face and plucking his beard. Simon Peter was in the background and in the course of time, he denied the Lord three times. Listen to this. In Luke twenty-two sixty-one. After he denied him the third time, Jesus turned and looked upon Peter. 
Did you get that? Peter was way in the back. Jesus was way on the front. And the moment the cock crew, Jesus turned and looked at Simon Peter right in the eyes. <laughs> but he wasn't disappointed. It's like I told you. But I believe Simon Peter, when he left and wept bitterly, it wasn't, it wasn't in the failure. It was because when he looked at Jesus in the eyes, he realized he still loves me. It don't matter what happens in your life this year. It don't matter how many times you fall, how many times you fail. I'm going to ask you to get back up because Jesus is watching. Yes, you're anointed and yes, you're ordained and yes, you're going to do great things. But even in the middle of your failure, get into the hold. Watch this. I'm going to go into communion. Because hours before he and his disciples before he and his disciples were in an upper room prepared. It makes me wonder what the only thing was that was keeping Simon Peter from being another statistic like Judas. Judas went and hung himself. He said, I can't handle it. Being honest, he just said, I can't handle this. I, I betrayed the Lord for 30 pieces of silver, and he went and hung himself. What's the one thing that kept Simon Peter on track? Hours before, Jesus stood among them. Knowing that they was in the greatest transition of their life. The greatest transition of their ministry. It made perfect sense that Jesus would take time to break the bread and share the cup. Because he understands the battles that you're going to face this year. <laughs> he understands the hardships. He knows there's going to be disappointments. He knows life's not fair. But he wants to take a few moments on the very first day of this year. And he wants to share with you the bread and the cup. We're going down to the river. Down